Three, two, one. You're using clips from the 97 movie. This is episode 97. Hello, I'm Adam from Your Movie Sucks. <laughs> this is Sardonic Cast. That was a quote from the uh, Kimba Spiracy. Who else is here? Well, you caught me off guard there with that screaming. I wasn't ready. And I interrupted you, Ralph. Sorry. Yeah, this is Alex from IHE, and uh, my voice is screwed up. I apologize for that. Yeah, it sounds Please. weird. Yeah. No, I, I, it's, it's not COVID this time. It, it was a flu this time. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm just getting over it, so. Hmm. Apologies, everyone. It's a Halloween That's cold. That's crazy. Stop getting sick. I, I want to. Help me. Just stop it. Stop it already. <laughs> I'm trying. Oh, I feel better. Blumhouse's Five Nights at Freddy's film loses its director because wait what <laughs> because of creative differences because apparently so the way that uh, the film is being made is that the uh, crazy man the creator of Five Nights at Freddy's has to sign off on like everything Chris Columbus was the director and now who's the asshole that loves it makes Fright Nights at Fi- Fright Nights at uh, Freddy's Scott Cawthorn, Scott Cawthorn yeah. thank you yeah, he uh, he has the equivalent of a final cut. Says, uh, "Oh, that was so uh, they, they got rid of the guy who directed Harry Potter." Scott Cawthorn is the creator of Five Nights at Freddy's, who has to sign off on everything. And then Chris Columbus was going to direct the movie, and now is not. Yeah, and it feels really weird because, like, I thought that this was already oh, like that's not good into filming and production. Yeah, that's not good at all. Yeah, what's really funny <laughs> is that there's a uh, Reddit post from a while back promoting the upcoming five nights at Freddy's thing. I think it was like an AMA from the five nights at Freddy's creator, Scott Cawthorn. And in the post, he says he talked, he shared details about 10 different versions of five nights at Freddy's before praising what he dubbed the Mike screenplay, writing all the right characters, all the right motivations, all the right stakes. It's fun. It's scary and has a great central story. And so that Mike screenplay, the code name that they gave the screenplay, is what they were using that he now is taking massive issues with. That it, uh, apparently these issues are so big that the director is just gone now. <laughs> so, so oh massive contradiction from what he was saying earlier on Reddit. See, I figured yeah. this was just never going to happen. Yeah, like, this is never funny. actually come out so like he's, a Bioshock movie type thing. But FNAF's too big. <laughs> Mister Five Nights at Freddy's is giving Blum Jason Blum a big headache right now. Basically, uh, so. it's a weird choice though, Columbus. I kind of wanted to see that, to be honest. Yeah. Now he's gone. <laughs> Probably would have been interesting. He's like a real director. He directed the first Harry Potter. That yeah, was exactly. Fucking yeah. be dog shit, <laughs> like <laughs> unless they get like Christopher <laughs> Nolan. <laughs> yeah. Which they won't. It's gonna be. They're gonna get yeah, some. Yeah, Nolan. Do it finally. Really, do a you need to do like a Willy's Wonderland type thing and just make like a schlocky horror movie. Maybe James Wan. James Wan would be like fun, that. but he's fun in everything. Yeah, and he's honestly better than that kind of movie <laughs> he's yeah. better yeah. than a five nights at right. freddy's movie as is chris columbus yeah to be honest it doesn't need to be good it just needs a big cg budget for loads of screaming cg animals to be running around and it will be huge it just, just needs give the it title a trailer with the same <laughs> oh, thumbnail like, like yeah, ready player yeah, one it, just upload the trailer with the same thumbnail from all those like youtube reaction videos and it'll be fine it'll be a slam dunk i just picture ready player one you can get spielberg to make it Five Nights perfect. at Freddy's is the type of franchise that would be successful even if a literal child made the film. Have yeah. you seen there are some YouTube channels where they like 
they have like tens of millions of views on like just a couple of their videos and they're just like five nights at freddy's cosplay or five nights at freddy's fake yep. story time or five nights at freddy's anime like it's gonna be successful because of the name alone it doesn't matter what the quality of it is like there's so yeah. many of these things it is one of those topics isn't it yeah it really is it's i mean yeah there's another example that we're going to talk about next week because it, it's not out for Alex yet. But that's an example of uh, yeah. the name selling something because it's like, oh, <laughs> people like the It's the thing that I like. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Five Nights at Freddy's. That movie's going to be fucking great, I guess. We saw the new M. Night joint and haven't talked about it yet. And it's making yeah, it's me an old. it's an M. Night joint at the start. Yeah. <laughs> when it started, that's what it said. In the Actually, on the poster, it said... The new M Night Trip. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> really? Yeah. The new trip from the M new, Night Shyamalan. Because I guess they go on vacation. Yeah, they're on a the trip movie. now. That's what it's about. And it's a trip. The movie's like oh, a hell of a trip, man. Okay. Okay. Let's keep the spoilers to a minimum because that's like the point of M Night's movies is the twist. Or we can just say spoiler uh, alert when we. Yeah, yeah. But f- first, like briefly, sure. it's about like these group of people that go on vacation and they get on a beach right on this island and it find they find out like the beach is aging them like rapidly they yeah. get old very quickly so like the kids become like a teenager like in an hour and then you're like what's going on whoa it's a beach that makes whoa. you old and that was enough to sell it <laughs> and then uh alex what did you think uh well it's it's based i guess loosely off a off a novel isn't it um, a short a, story. A it is really, yeah. A short. That no apparently idea. doesn't even I have. I might reviews. just make this shit up. No. Yeah, it's only the second story he's adapted from source material. Um, the first being uh, Avatar. So, oh, I mean, it was another M Night kind of concept horror movie thing that just has all the M Night kind of trappings. <laughs> it's got the mm-hmm. the typical dialogue. The the, the, the kind of fun concepts he that is in it. <laughs> devolve. <laughs> mm-hmm. He is in it, like yeah. Lady in the Water, like you know those kind of M Night. You know he's usually in them. That's that's fine. I just it, it devolves into like such stupidity at a certain point, and <laughs> especially by the time you get to that like final reveal, it just feels like. You just putting twists in your movies at this point, like because you have yeah. to. I guess you've been doing <laughs> this that. This is but. undeserved, unearned. If yeah. we're if we're gonna talk about what what more can we say that's spoiler free? Can we can we do spoilers? Is there anything else you want to talk about that's like spoiler free? I don't know. Would you recommend it? No, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd say for M Night's movies, it's actually pretty good. It's better than The Happening. No. Yeah, I suppose out uh, of his pantheon, <laughs> uh, slightly better, it's better than, the, than the Last Airbender. It's better than After Earth. Yeah, I'd put it above those. You're naming a bunch of movies that I love. Okay, <laughs> you're naming a this bunch of looks, movies that I would see. There's some good actors in this. Like really good actors is the guy from Amoris Peros from Phantom Gael Thread. Garcia There's Moran, the actress from that. Brunel, sorry. Yeah, Thomas and Mackenzie and like Alex Wolf. Yeah, is, like, Alex the Wolf. Kids when yeah, they yeah. get older, I like them. I hated M. the Night. actors when they got like when they became like adults, like toward the end. I hated that part. I guess if we Why can are you get spoiling? spoilers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but just before we, yeah, like, let's say spoilers. And spoilers. Then okay. What I wanted to <laughs> okay. communicate is you two seem to think there's a twist in this movie, and I don't understand that. I don't understand that the people that think there's a twist in this movie because there wasn't for me. I, d- I don't know there's where a the bunch twist of was. twists. What twist? I guess twists more of a reveal the is the way to put it. Because I was I was the whole time thinking, are they gonna go the mile and like really try and explain the magic of this beach? Are they gonna do that? 
and they actually do. They're like, yeah, yeah, when spoilers. I mean, yeah, it's not. I don't understand how else it could have been done. Like they were dropped off there by that. Obviously, there was something. There were things in on it. They were being watched from a distance. Like this is all shit that was just known. I don't understand why it's like oh there there was a there was a crazy amount of rich rich people that were just doing this for fun like yeah that was implied i didn't i didn't see it as a twist is all i'm gonna say i just don't understand how it's a twist well there's a lot of like they're they're experimenting on the people using them as like medicine yeah medical patients right that's like the twist i i never i never once understood that there was a twist in the film (laughs) i guess i guess it, it comes across as a twist if like you're kind of buying into it as just a magical horror premise, which yeah. I kind of did. I wasn't expecting them like to go into it. Actually, right. it's a bunch that's of, kind of what I thought. Like, a, like Lamb, yeah, like you know a that provable movie, Lamb, scientific like space. <laughs> yeah, sure, like measuring. Yeah, and then it's like revealed that the scientists are using the time dilation thing to test drugs or whatever, which I guess is a fun yeah. idea. But like the way it's executed and the way they get there with all the coral stuff and just. The most bizarre dialogue. It, he, <laughs> his dialogue is like so funny to me. Like, what, what was the, what was the beat with this movie? Was it something I missed where they kept bringing up like what their jobs were all the time? People were introducing themselves and saying, "Oh, and this is my job as well." So then later on, oh, yeah. their job could become relevant just because they like mentioned it earlier. It was very yeah. odd. Like just the things the they're talking about sucked. was so like stunt. <laughs> the dialogue <laughs> it was, like, was hilarious atrocious. to me. There. Oh my god. <laughs> really funny mid-sized sedan is the rapper uh, name like that was really funny i don't know if that was supposed to be funny or just bad there's just a ton of things like that there are very few notes that i took for this film i'll be watching it a second time and making a review but the the one note i took because i saw it in theaters and you can't have your phone out during a movie but this this stuck with me after <laughs> the dogs died but he was just alive <laughs> yeah i know that, that I great that dialogue down. like that yeah <laughs> Your hair and nails are dead, so they don't grow. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) I love how much they try to explain about this shit, where it's like, it it does ruin itself by trying to over-explain, because then then there's the implication, like, anything you're watching actually makes sense when it doesn't. I hate how, this is a concept where, if a different director took this concept, if you had, like, somebody who actually gave a shit about this, Yep. It could, you could turn it into something really, really impressive. You could turn it into something where you watch it and you're like, wow, the filmmaking, like the way that this was organized and, and presented is just crazy. But instead, it's just like there's barely there's zero consistency in terms of like how time flows and how much people age with time. It's just like, OK, we're going to swap out the actor at this scene. It's done in the most lazy, boring way possible. And in concept, you could make something really cool. You could make it so that it's like almost seamless transitions. You could create like, I don't know, prosthetics that are halfway between the actors or something like that. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be like a really interesting way to film it? But no, it's just fucking lazy bullshit. Oh my God. There's like, wasn't there like a scene where like one of the kids aged, but the other didn't? And it was just like, oh, weird. <laughs> like, yeah, there was just lots of weirdness, full stop. No, no. Like, I'm going to have to watch it again. Because, yeah, I, I could see with the concept where it could could be going and what could come of it, especially in the realm of like horror or thriller type stuff. And it is like nearly gets to those levels with the, the whole kid angle and like the, the pregnancy stuff. And you could imagine that spun by a different director framed in a different way how kind of disturbing and strange it could all be yeah but yeah it's the execution it's just bizarre like do you remember early on that weird 
scene where they're like establishing the kids like dancing but they're kind of like frozen on the spot and it's just like i'm so confused of what you're visually trying to explain to me or like communicate mm-hmm. it's like so muddy and like just a clusterfuck by the time you get to the <laughs> end and it's like what what, what actually was yeah. the point of that there are a lot of like really weird choices in this movie like i forget i forget <laughs> who the bad. cinematographer was i forget who it's i guess the same guy is like split I think that, that that's who it is. I'm not even going to look it up. I'll figure it out later. But he, he was working with like an actual talented cinematographer. And you can tell in certain scenes that there is like kind of a vision. However, the vision is not being used in service of something. It almost feels like it's conflicting with the film. So there's this weird scene where like those the kids are like playing on the beach and the camera's like swooping around like it's fucking Terrence Malick or some shit. Like, wow, wow, wow. And it's just like yeah, in the middle of this so transitionary weird. scene. And it's like, what are you trying to communicate here? Like, I love creative camera movement. I love when it's like, oh, there's a choice that you're intentionally making, but what is it in service of? Like, it has to be motivated by something and not just, oh, here's a scene where we can make the camera swoop around for some reason. Like, that's then it's just weird and distracting because the rest of the movie isn't like that. And I'm just like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, it's really mm-hmm. weird. M. Night Synecdoche, New York. This was M. Night Synecdoche, New York. It really was. It was. It's like if Synecdoche, New York was made by a bad director. <laughs> That's what this movie I mean, is. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But how come earlier you were saying you don't love this one in the same way you do uh, some of his previous gems? Because it's not as listed. funny. It's like, it's mostly irritating. It's not as bad as uh, The Visit in terms of like how much it irritates me. Okay, I never but saw it's The just, Visit. like... It, it takes forever to do nothing. Remember that this was based off of a short story. So he's just stretching this idea out as long as possible to make a feature-length film, right? It really shows. Because it, it's really not that complicated. They just take forever to do really basic things. It's just so slow. One location, very stagnant, really lazily filmed and presented, and just the dialogue sucks. Everything about it's just so fucking lame. Yeah, the dialogue in particular, man, it re- it really... <laughs> I have one note down here, and I'm trying to even remember the context, because it's been a while since I've seen it now, but it was... I was with a man called Giuseppe. We looked silly together, he and I. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was the woman who, uh... She had that kind of bone condition thing that was, like, turned her into Gollum or something. That was, like, yeah. a horror moment. Yeah. She was kind of fun. By the time she like died, yeah, I just I wish it embraced that that tone more. If it was sillier, almost or something, if it had a bit more personality instead of just that droll M Night thing. Yeah, totally. It was all over the place. It was just all Mm -hmm. over the place. What it was trying to do. I mean, kind of a mess. This was number one in theaters, and there were a lot of people that took this like completely seriously, and there were a lot of people that loved it. Power to him. Props. I hope M Night makes more movies forever, but. Jesus Christ, this one was really tough to sit through for me. And I will, I'm going to watch it again so I can take detailed notes for a video, but like, fuck. Yeah, this is one that might drive you insane to take detailed notes on and actually try and break down how everything's working because it gets dumb, man. It gets real dumb with like the the tumor stuff yeah. and the, the kids growing up. And... The explanations that it offers are just why you should like just, just... I don't know why you would do it. I don't know why you would try to stretch it out like this and make a feature. Like, it worked. If money was the answer, then you did a good job. I respect Jason Blum as a businessman than I, more than I respect the films that he produces. But Oh, yeah, Sam. Yeah, damn. M. Knight's done it again. <laughs> He's back. You can put his name on the poster again. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> releasing number one hits. Is that really what old is? Title as well. Why, why reduce it down to old? It is because it's the most basic <laughs> it's a really thing possible. Ridiculous title. It's the, there's old. nothing to the movie. What is the concept? It's a beach that makes you old. That's it. That's done. And you took like an hour. How long is this movie? Hour forty eight. Oh my god, mm-hmm. that's so long. That is too long. That's insane. And just like, oh, I'm, I'm deaf in one ear, so you can kill my husband next to me, and I don't notice. <laughs> okay, so many frustrating moments. Yeah, there's just nothing to it. Yeah, it's a nothing movie. Yeah, based on the graphic novel Sandcastle. Yeah, I'll probably have to read that, won't I? Apparently it's short. Yeah, I'd be curious if that plays around with the concepts a bit better, but if you said it's not even <laughs> that good yeah, originally, yeah. Yeah. what chance did it have? It's, it would be shocking to find out it's worse than M. Night's adaptation. Mm-hmm. That would be shocking. Was this the most dialogue M. Night's given himself in one of his films and screen time? I don't think so. I think Lady in the Water has. Oh, more. there we go. <laughs> yeah, I remember him in that. He was more. pretty. Yeah, he was. He was uh, Lady in the Water. There we go. I almost forgot. Who could forget his best film? Did you think that was a comment on something that him uh, playing that character in this movie? Or I don't know. Free acting he gets to, <laughs> you know, <Who> knows? <laughs> be <laughs> hype himself up and yeah, you know how he thinks of himself. Well, it's kind of meta. He's like watching the people on the beach. You know, yeah, I'm yeah, the like filming them, taking pictures. Of them. You see him with like the binoculars watching, you can't take a picture. It's like, oh, yeah, he's the director and he's the director of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> the movie I'm making is turning them old, something like that. Synecdoche. And apparently, it was all made under uh, like COVID 2020, like lockdown conditions. It was one of those movies. Nice, doesn't really show in any obvious way, but. He got it done. Well, it's very simple, yeah. Because they went to a beach that turns them old. Uh, there's nothing complex about it, right? It's all outside. I mean, outdoor like lighting can add its own struggles. But but I mean, they shot all outside. Talk about the COVID condition or whatever. Yeah. It's mostly outside, so. True. What did you think of the whole, like, the coral thing? Did they, like, set that up in any way? Not like really. They... They're just like, I'm like, how the fuck are they getting out of this? They're like, oh, coral. <laughs> and they swim to the coral. It's like, coral. And then like they convince you that they coral. died during Yeah, it. there was like, like a note they found from somebody or something. And then they were like, oh, that way. That's right. Yeah. They, they like encrypt it. That was fucking, fucking dumb. Yeah. It's <laughs> a lot of dumb moments. <laughs> when she becomes pregnant. That was really funny. There's some funny moments. <laughs> we were just playing. Like That's weird. Fucking hysterical. <laughs> yeah, I was laughing pretty consistently with this one. Yeah, it was pretty entertaining. It was so boring. I'll watch it again and see what happens. I'll watch it with my roommates or something. It's pretty funny. Blu-ray coming out this month, apparently. The fucking camera movements. You would just pan around in circles. It's like... Seeing it in a theater, it's just like a big mesh. Like, you can't even understand. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, it was irritating. Two out of ten. Two and a half out of five. Wow. That's that's why I give it, yeah. I might even give it lower. I think I might have given this a one and a half star. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was so stupid. But pretty funny. But I recommend watching ridiculous. it. If if you know if you're familiar with the bad M night movies, it kind of fits in fairly nicely. I just wish that more happened. It's fucking stupid as shit. See like when I think about it, I think about a lot happening, but it's just a lot of dumb stuff. <laughs> There's like, not much that happens. characters I don't really care about. <laughs> there are two films we need to talk about. 
from Alex's recommendation. I guess we didn't talk about which one we want to talk about first. My I gut would... tells me bad taste first. There we go. That's what I wanted, but I didn't yeah. want to say it before you. This is, this is first feature, <laughs> uh, came before Brain Dead. Um, so yeah, this is uh, the first recommended movie of the two, Bad Taste, Peter mm-hmm. Jackson. Yeah, it's first feature, an hour and a half long. It's kind of about a, a, a bunch of aliens come down and uh, take over a small town in New Zealand. Oh yeah, full, full spoilers. Um, this is all in description on IMDb, I suppose. Um, and it's kind of a bunch of violent chaos and uh, energy. <laughs> I'd never seen this film before. I, I was Same. much more familiar with Brain Dead, so it was my first experience watching Bad Taste. And got to admit, I was—I I didn't really get it until after finishing it and reading about it more, mm-hmm. um, because it, it's so sort of scatterbrained, and you can't really figure out what it's doing or where it's going, and it's so like random it seems and like is this building to anything are these scenes like linking in any way and it's trying to be a kind of comedy horror thing and so much of the comedy was like not reading right to me and there's like so much kind of bad adr and all this technical stuff but when you do read about like how small budget this was and how peter jackson basically just made this with his friends on the weekends over the course of four plus years and a bit of help from the New Zealand government to get it finished. That gives it a different edge to me that uh, makes me really appreciate it in terms of just that small budget indie creativity that he brought to it over that great time period. And yeah, sure. A lot of it is, I don't think he was working with like a, a script, like he was kind of making it up as he went along, like quite literally. And I think that shows now it came together, but, in that kind of shit on the wall approach like there is some <laughs> really kind of funny and brilliant stuff in there that i did enjoy yeah what did you guys take away from it's it the director of lord of the rings and that side of it is just <laughs> so, like, so that's all i kept thinking <laughs> it's like during all this fucking stupid shit even in the next this movie, is where like, began, yeah this yeah. guy made this guy made like three of the greatest movies of all time <laughs> like epics, yeah. like fucking incredible effects and acting it's like you know this movie's fucking ridiculous uh yeah, it's fine. Like you said, it's really fucking cheap. It's like cheap as dog shit. Like oh, yeah, <laughs> lighting and like the locations, the costumes. Yeah, it just seems like a bunch of people like making a movie on a weekend. It's it's really cheap. Like uh but I found that, you know, it's charming. I don't think it's the greatest movie, but it's charming. I <laughs> hated this movie. I thought it was yeah, awesome. straight up hated Yeah, it, I you? fucking it was just it Interesting. In terms of like what it was offering, sure, yeah, it's it's very interesting about how low budget it was, but that's what the the special feature documentary is for. It's on YouTube, by the way. It's called um, "Good Taste Made Bad Taste." That was a that was a good experience, and it gave me more appreciation for the film "Bad Taste." But it doesn't change the fact that all of that was in service of nothing. Like watching the film, I'm like, oh, there's some cool shots here and there. And like, obviously near the end, it's like, oh, the miniature and all that. Like, oh, that's really cool. And then finding out that it's made for nothing. That's awesome. Finding, you know, the, the, finding out that Peter Jackson played two characters in the film. Like that was cool. Cause I, I thought it was only one that I recognized, but apparently it was two of them. Yeah. Watch that documentary. That's a, that's a good experience. The film itself is not 
all of that is just in service of nothing. I would rather have a film with that type of backstory where it's actually in service of something, you know? Yeah, for sure. I It, it reminded me so much of just like shitty, nonsensical movies my brother made when he was like 15 or something. Where it's just like there's mm-hmm. there's nothing really going on here. You're just kind of dicking around. And that's essentially what his movie was. It was it's like a kill count movie almost. Where it's just like how many gores can we have? How many deaths can we have? Yeah. But like it feels like he's experimenting yeah, and just figuring exactly. out. Exactly. As a movie, it's not great. As a uh historical artifact from a, a relevant, important director, then that's that's what it's good for it's just not a good movie <laughs> yeah yeah i have to enjoy it within the realm of his whole filmography yeah i don't think i'd just recommend to anyone like oh if you're a fan of horror check out bad taste i'd no. say <laughs> if you're a fan of lord of the rings trilogy and brain dead and want to see where it came if you're from curious with any of your favorites yeah if you're curious and it is fun to see how it kind of you know, he's he's obviously big into horror and he's directed a few horror movies and we'll be talking about Brain Dead and just how the evolution of like, okay, when he's given like a proper script and a bit more money and there is clearly like a creative mind behind this. And yeah. there's a, I liked more about it than you did because I didn't feel that way about it. It was more of a case of it winning me and losing me and like losing me for a long time. And then, oh, do something kind of unexpected or wacky and win me over or say something funny or just the timing of the editing of something was just tickling me in the right way or someone just threw out a line in a way that worked for me i did enjoy it more than you for that stuff Mm -hmm. but yeah it was it was a bit too long too for for what it is i think yeah there are things i liked about it yeah yeah (laughs) the whole like alien invasion side like for the first i guess act was almost confusing me because like that all the people are just like just dudes. all the aliens are just people like doing kind of like the zombie thing but they're they're aliens i guess yeah yeah um, yeah it's just a bit visually <laughs> muddled <laughs> if you didn't have like a couple lines it would just be like why are all these people fighting <laughs> yeah i guess it was supposed to be like an invasion of the body snatchers type slash zombie thing almost mm-hmm. and... yeah it just looks like cheap costumes yeah <laughs> yeah the soundtrack was really irritating and it never stopped yeah that that was one of the things that did actually irritate me was that the music was was very loud much. it was like give me a give me a bit of a headache hearing some of the stuff from that that like it is a headache synth. movie <laughs> well how long did it take for you to figure out like now nah, saying this is not for me like I, okay quick? well i started checking the time at around like I, I watched like the first forty minutes, and I started checking the time, and then I realized that the forty minutes was actually twenty minutes, and I was like, "Oh God!" Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> so, not a very good sign. I thought <laughs> I was watching for forty minutes, but it was twenty, and I was like, "No." And then, it, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was a pretty double ratio. At, at thirty minutes, it felt like an hour, and I was like, "Okay, well, I'm just gonna watch this shit really passively. Like, I'm not even gonna like." give my brain to this movie i'm just gonna kind of lay here and think about other things while i'm obligated mm-hmm. to finish the rest if it wasn't for the podcast i would shut it off honestly yeah, it was just yeah. so boring to me <laughs> it did it wasn't offering anything at all there was like maybe like one or two shots where i'm like oh cool this kind of separates it from some 15 year old running around <laughs> you know but like that, that's about it and that's a really low bar for like what a movie is <laughs> it's not really a movie yeah, I just I absolutely hated it. I liked the ending. Yeah, it does improve once the 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 proper 
like aliens come out like what you see on the poster because that that's another thing too because i'd i'd always seen this poster and i've been intrigued by reading the little blurb saying that yeah it's a, a small town disappears and is replaced by aliens that chase human flesh for their intergalactic fast food chain sounds yeah, a, a bit more in line be... with like what brain did <laughs> peter, like, Jackson. yeah, peter jackson's first experimental <laughs> yeah you know yeah. world of special gold, effects you know, montage <laughs> early yeah. special effects yeah, it's like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, right? It's just yeah, something yeah. like that. What With did you think of the gore, though? Comical. Yeah, the gore is fun. Some of it, yeah, some of it was, like, fun, but it wasn't. It was never, like, mind-blowing or anything. It was, like, yep, like, matter-of-fact sort of thing. Learning about it after the fact and watching him explain how certain things were done in that spe- in that documentary, which I would recommend, and it's on YouTube right now, so check it out. That was fun. <laughs> like that was the good part about the special effects was l- learning about it through the documentary, not watching it in the film. In the film, it wasn't in service of anything. Were there any uh, particular moments in that documentary about the gore? Oh yeah, I mean, like just, just the fact curious. that he, um, not necessarily about the gore, but like the he 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 would basically they were making these like dollies and like cranes out of like pieces of wood. Which is awesome. But then you watch the movie and you can like barely tell that they're like dolly or crane shots for the most part. <laughs> and then, you know, in the special right. effects documentary, he's like, yeah, I made a mallet and um, it's made out of styrofoam. So you can really whack someone on the head as hard as you want. And then it shows a clip from the movie and there's a cut where that happens anyway. I'm like, oh, that was really cool to learn this in the special effects documentary. But it doesn't translate in the film. Like you, in the film, you mm. never see like a full hit with the mallet. It just like there's an awkward cut anyway. So it's like, oh, why does that matter? Right. Like the the documentary behind the scenes is much better. Yeah. He was talking about how he made like a plaster mold of his own face. And, you know, there's like interviews with his parents. Scene, yeah. He was talking about the type of camera he used. He's like, yeah, you just wind it up like this. And then he got about 30 seconds. And then, you know, I think it was like an eight millimeter or something. I don't remember. But it was like a just seeing what the camera looked like and how like super lightweight it was. I was like, oh, OK, that that's why you have so much like energy and movement with a lot of the the filmmaking you do. So like I, I want to watch something like this and be purely entertained through the special effects, but have it be in service of an actual film, which is what the next movie we're going to talk about. And I won't say much about it right now, but that's what that next movie is where I'm like, oh, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. But there's an actual movie there still. And it's not like I'm just watching some like show reel of somebody's like like oh here's here's my uh, montage hire me or basically or something and even so like it's not in this first film bad taste nothing's super impressive until we get to the rocket being fired or like the miniatures of the house like floating or even i got like you could even say the um alien costumes like those are impressive but like fuck for the first I don't know how long in the movie because my sense of time is warped watching this but like I don't know for the first half of the movie first two thirds of the movie it's really just like oh you're just you're doing some like really basic stuff here and it's cool that you had a low budget I guess but like a lot of what was happening in the beginning of the film was not really like impressive honestly I enjoyed the fight with himself yeah Um, that was fun he's like hanging the body off the cliff and yeah and again i didn't moments in terms of that stuff i didn't realize that he was playing both of those characters until the featurette <laughs> it was like the really, movie on I, its I own actually it's not it down. crazy <laughs> but then i kept noticing peter jackson in the movie but i swear he was playing more than like two characters i swear i saw him <laughs> yeah countless times being like he played two major characters at least right yeah yeah but I just, yeah, I, I just, I, I can't get too mad at it, con- considering the context is the only thing. I guess that's where we differ mostly on it. 
jokes. I, I, I do find it more charming and cute than annoying, even though, yeah, the gore and the comedy is kind of a, it's not really got any point to it, really, <laughs> aside from trying to make you laugh. Yeah, it's just fun. It's trying to entertain. Like, yeah, I wish I had fun. I, I did enjoy like that as much as um that character of Derek, who was kind of the main guy, I guess. Um, he was he was irritating me for the first section, but well, he has that running gag of like his brain like coming out of his head. That was fun. Kind of I like that put, a lot. Putting his brain in that was that made it worth it to me. I liked that whole thing. There was a very short part of the film though <laughs> that wasn't like the experience but but the, the way it all builds to him like um he's the one that kills the like main alien invader guy and it's pretty fun <laughs> that's a that's a fun sequence where he like mm -hmm. chainsaws through him yeah not gonna deny i enjoyed the ending got better as it went but uh fuck like <laughs> top 10 movies to fall asleep to for me i don't know like it's just so boring <laughs> i wasn't getting anything out of it really that's please watch the special features doc <laughs> yeah i will i'll definitely watch that actually that sounds up my alley i was i was half tempted to recommend it would have been maybe overkill to do feebles? three but his uh yeah feebles but i wasn't sure if that was more on the horror side as much as bad taste and uh Brain dead are. Apparently, it's got gore yeah, in it. Stick with the uh, Halloween. Thing. Uh, okay, I figured yeah, it was more a, this like is a good comedy. Halloween movie. Yeah, Feebles is impossible to find in anything other than DVD quality. And there was a uh, I haven't seen it yet, mm -hmm. but there was a an interview that Peter Jackson did like three years ago where he said he would be releasing Bad Taste, Meet the Feebles, and Brain Dead Dead Alive in like a 4K Blu-ray collection or something, and then like just nothing's happened about that yet i don't know what's going on but that'd be awesome i would buy all those on 4k even fucking bad taste even yeah. though i hate it just you know as long <laughs> as that same special feature is on the disc then it's worth the price for me especially i mean if it's in a collection then it's like yeah i want brain dead and i haven't seen feebles yet but yeah i especially don't know how it would hold up in a 4k because uh the the versions i had to watch were on i guess amazon prime or something and the mm -hmm. Quality wasn't the greatest. Oh, I, I don't think it was HD. I ordered the Blu-ray, um, and it showed up here in time. It's uh, Spanish, so it says "mal gusto" on the front, but it's region-free and it has English audio and subtitles. So but is that the only way to get it in a Blu-ray in that quality? Yeah, from Spain. What's the deal, man? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a. Uh, want to buy these things? And I watched both of these on YouTube. They're both on YouTube, so... That's illegal. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Buy a Spanish uh, Blu-ray. <laughs> do we have ratings? Is that what... So do we have anything else to say about this? Yeah, I think that that's most of it, to be honest. It's just kind of <laughs> yeah. formless it's and like, experimental. <laughs> it's like a goofy horror movie with a ton of blood and effects. Experimental is a weird way to put it. <laughs> I get, okay, let me rephrase it. I guess... He's experimenting in how to make a horror gore fest with sure. aliens in it. Okay. And figuring out that whole process. Yeah. It's but very complicated. Shows. Yeah. Like effects wise. It's a lot of effects like that you need to, to do. A lot of costumes you need to make. And like the house effects. I thought that was probably the best part. The house effects were cool. Yeah. Like blown it up. There were three yeah. models they made of the house. There was one that was uh, five meters long for the rocket, 
which they basically had on a fishing line. Yeah, that part looked cool when it flew up in the air. Yeah, cool. I love that. Yeah. When it was in space, that looked terrible. <laughs> no, <laughs> the space that. one looked yeah. awesome. I like the space one. That was really fun. That, what, with Saturn in the back? <laughs> the Saturn didn't look great, was, but the house was, looked great. That was really dated. House, it was fucking But like, awesome. the, the, the shot of it flying in the air, that looked great. Like, yeah. With the sky behind it. That looked really good. Yeah, there's some really cool shit going on. He's a special effects master. Right, that's the Lord of the Rings influence. Like, you see that part. Like, oh, this is very complicated filmmaking. It's not like a drama. <laughs> like, that's not really his forte. This screened at the 1988 Cannes Film Festival. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Man, like, it's just so weird. That this that's point. where it became a hit, basically, is like, you know, somebody bought it and then it got shown in like 11 different countries. Yeah, and a or bunch of pretentious French people liked it. <laughs> I guess. Oh, it's brilliant. Even though it's just like a bunch of gore. <laughs> yeah. It's like the dumbest thing. There might not have been a lot of movies from like New Zealand at that time. You know, oh, I'm just yeah. Guessing. They were, it was a, there's just like anything action. from New Zealand, right? They're like, oh, <laughs> this guy's a genius. He, he could make Lord <laughs> of the Rings. And then, you know, it turned out to work out. <laughs> yeah, he could. <laughs> yeah, he could. I mean, it's a lot of effects and shit like that. He, he's good at that. He's good at like shot composition. Like the shots in New Zealand, like the, it's, it's kind of the same kind of shots, like them walking through New Zealand and you see the hells in the back, like the same kind of shit in Lord of the Rings, except obviously much more complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, without like helicopters and stuff to help you. Yeah, they had helicopters. Yeah. So it made it a little more awesome. Two out of ten. Uh, yeah. Again, like two and a half, four, no, no, three out of five. I, I think it's fine. I, I'd recommend it. Yeah, I'm with you on that yeah. rating, the three three star. Yeah, three. I, I like yeah. it. I think it's cute. Um, I do definitely acknowledge that it's uh, it has its flaws, and I I don't blame you for the way you feel on it, Adam, to yeah. be real. <laughs> I think Dead Alive is better. I think Dead Alive is a lot better at like, what this one's trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like a movie. Speaking of Dead <laughs> Alive, Dead Alive, Brain Dead. Another recommendation from Alex. So wait, so do you guys know it is dead alive or brain dead? Let's I know it is there. both. <laughs> you, you've always known more, it as both. More heard dead alive, definitely. I've heard dead alive more. So what's the what's the breakdown on that? The way I understand it is what is the American name is dead no, alive. No, the original title was brain dead, and then yeah. there was another property called brain dead that was around the same time, and then they thought they didn't yeah. want to get sued, so they changed it to dead alive for other releases i think i, I think is it was based just on in country. certain regions so it's very I think confusing so. but yeah if i when i put in my uh blu-ray at the beginning of the movie i think it says dead alive and then brain dead underneath so i think it's like actually says both okay because so i think i've always known it as brain dead but yeah this is the 1992 not follow-up, but continuation in terms of horror, zombies, and all that craziness uh, from Peter Jackson. This time, though, with a bit more going on writing-wise, with Fran Walsh coming in, who she stuck with him for, I think, most of his films, including, like, the Hobbit movies, the Lord of the Ring movies, um, working closely with him on the screenplay, and Stephen Sinclair is credited for the story, too. Um, and it's about... a a young man who's kind of and his overbearing mother who uh they <laughs> they go to the zoo one day and wound up getting bitten by a 
a creature that comes from Skull Island. It's a nice oh, little spoiler. reference. Yeah, when movie. it started, sorry, when it started with Skull Island, that made me laugh. Like that yeah. was really funny. He did. The, he directed like, oh, this the, is already uh, setting King up. Kong. It's already setting up the King Kong uh, yeah. <laughs> stuff. He's gonna make. Like, it was, it was basically yeah, the same thing. That, that. Yeah, that was really funny. Yeah, I just love the Skull <laughs> Island crossover. I'm like, wh- how the how the fuck does Skull Island tie into this film? Anyway, continue, Alex. Sorry. Yeah, so th- that's the actual beginning. Is it does start straight up on <laughs> shared Skull universe Island with the? <laughs> it's yeah, it's the it's the true first entry of that universe. But yeah, where they establish this weird stop motion monkey zombie thing, which is like the MacGuffin thing that comes back to New Zealand and is put in the zoo and gets the whole zombie infestation going um and again kind of like a bad taste the the emphasis is on the the comedy horror here again but way more effective and way more ambitious too with the uh the gore especially i feel like seeing this movie at a young age and seeing that level of gore like set a standard that i don't know if it's ever really been reached quite that same level for me mm-hmm. uh, maybe like the evil dead movies go that kind of not even embrace that gore but it's not the same yeah you're right it's not the same yeah and just that new zealand tinge to it and the comedy that comes out with this kind of i really enjoy the main character played by uh timothy Baum. Uh, yeah he's he gets this really physical <laughs> unusual performance where he's this like coddled child this like he like falls for this like spanish girl but he like Mm. keeps rejecting her because of this toxic relationship with his mother and it's all about the comedy that comes as as a result of that relationship and (laughs) just where it goes towards the end is so funny and satisfying i always i always forget like just how much it ramps up there's such an escalation to the way the movie goes and the the horror of it and especially the gore the gore is the big takeaway for me Mm -hmm. with this movie i mean you're not like going in for deep characters that you're feeling for is the the taken out it's just about that comedy and that gore yeah yeah it's great Uh, the story is much more interesting though yeah and like the last one we saw like the the relationship with his mother, like the controlling mother, that makes it right off the bat much more of an engaging film than like like that last movie. The fact that he's yeah, trying yeah. to hide a zombie apocalypse is really funny. It's like, yeah, like no, no one believes him. And down no, probably here. no one would believe him, you know, because it's just like ridiculous. And, yeah. Yeah, like him hiding the the mother's body and like <laughs> it so keeps coming funny. back to life she keeps he keeps like tranquilizing it yeah there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot more going on it's yeah it's very cartoony but in a really effective yeah. way like that that whole dinner scene it's like so absurd there's well, two dinner scenes. multiple dinner scenes yeah yeah the character stuff just isn't boring it's really it's either grossing you out with like this the, the ear falling in the soup or the pudding or whatever um, and then you know it's just it, at least it's funny and engaging it's what? not like boring character development no up until pudding. the very end where there's just like gore like uh in like malignant it was kind of dull up until the end mm-hmm. and this was mm-hmm. at least you know, engaging me with the comedy and like the the, the look of it was very yeah, funny it's, it's not even like free of gore until the end it's not like there's no gore until no. the, it's like there's there's gore throughout there's a good build up though like at the end it gets nuts yeah <laughs> but like Insane. the stuff with the baby like <laughs> him beating up the baby on the playground is funny that might be my least favorite when his scene. mom starts falling apart 
All right. But okay. Let's talk about it, the baby. It would find other things there. to do aside from just like the same or just like boring character scenes yeah. or uh, not blowing its wad too soon with the gore. Yeah. So yeah, you're not bad, but, uh, mad about the baby. Or was it just that scene in the um, in the park? The baby's kind of annoying. I think for the most part in the film, it's fun to have. But in the park, I really, I think it kind of pushes it a bit too far in terms of like, maybe I shouldn't be using the word believability because this movie's not supposed to be like <laughs> literal realistic, like, oh yeah, this could happen sort of thing. But when I'm talking yeah, about, yeah. I guess, like what I'm supposed to believe visually a, a doll doesn't look like a baby when he, when he's like got it when he's like punching it and like slamming it against the the like swing around, set or whatever yeah. i'm like man like you're so great with special effects like you could have done stop motion there's like a billion things you could have done and it just really doesn't look that it doesn't look great at all like it, at no moment am i like haha it's funny because in the film he's hitting a baby right now i i can't I can't believe that it's it, it's preventing me from believing that just because of yeah. how lazily it's uh, shown in that in that moment, I guess. <laughs> and it's the not whole like movie throughout is the whole so part. over the top. The whole I know, film. I know. Like, but I'm I'm just saying, that, like, it's the difference. It's like if you, instead of the lawnmower scene being as well executed as it was, you just like cut away or something, right? Like, I'm talking about the presentation, not necessarily the believability of the scene. The Spanish girl, like the the writing of her character, was so like over the top too. Yeah, <laughs> like so many scenes. With yeah, the, like when her blouse falls down, like a little bit. Like she's at the store, and the guy's like, "Oh, let me pick that up for you," or whatever. It's like it's so creepy. <laughs> like what mm-hmm. the fuck? And then she like looks at him, like oh, like the writing of her character. It's like goofy. Like the whole thing is just fucking over the top and goofy. The the controlling mother. It's just like funny. It's just dumb jokes, and that to to lead you into this gory shit at the end. The the people come to the the people come to the house like and they have the party <laughs> like this one fucking asshole reminds he reminds me of Biff <laughs> yeah. like from Back to the Future yeah it's like, it's like evil great, or yeah. uncool whatever and he becomes like the most disgusting fucking zombie like at the end like uh, there's a lot of great jokes and it's just really funny it has a good comedic tone that like stays really consistent mm-hmm. that's great reminds me of, like Shaun the Dead yeah it's a bit more um a bit more raunchy than Shaun of the yeah. Dead yeah. Yeah, it's same old road to you. Charlotte yeah. Dent and takes the, the characters like much more seriously in the drama than this does. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah. is that that movie's spin on it. Um that you actually like Sean. It's like one of the few movies, one of these dumb zombie movies where you actually like the characters yeah. in the movie. There are parts uh, of this is Shaun like, of the Dead where you not that I don't like these seriously. characters. Like the main character in this is so ridiculous. Like him beating up the baby on the playground. <laughs> like this is ton of shit. <laughs> like the relationship with his mother is like the worst thing. Like so over yeah. the top, I mean. Yeah, it's a different kind of film. I do, I do like at the end of the baby playground scene that random shot of the homeless man cheering him on. That's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's great. It's just about making you laugh. Yeah. yeah, it's not about like it doesn't really matter how consistent the characters are. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, like or, the... or if it's like the most you know empowering thing in the world, it doesn't really matter. Like the the whole priest guy who like. He's like yeah. a ninja. He like ninja yeah. kicks like a bunch yeah, of like zombies and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hilarious. Like yeah. a cast for the Lord. Yeah, that's that's burned into my brain. <laughs> that line. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't think old ladies will be offended at like the portrayal of the mother character. She's like so cartoonish, like so evil. It is really funny conceptually. <laughs> yeah, for the it, idea it of a really zombie funny. apocalypse, where it's like, oh, 
patient zero is his annoying mother <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then exactly. you just like don't really feel too bad about some of the things that happened at the beginning of the movie and it's just re- it's really comical because yeah. it's like oh but i can't do that to my mother so i have to keep her alive and hide the zombie apocalypse from everybody and just like watching other people slowly get roped into it and they become zombies and he has like four of them in the basement he's using tranquilizer accidentally feeds them like yeah. a growth hormone instead of poison or something just like oops it's very silly uh-huh. i love it yeah it's just so gross like the effects on them in the in the basement are like disgusting yeah <laughs> it looks great i thought like the effects are really good in this movie They're it makes great. it much more of an effective yeah. movie than the last one like this is at its core yeah. really a special effects film <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Even like the slow deterioration of the mother character. Oh, like, so good. She slowly gets more and more teeth. It's actually really gross. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Effectively yeah. gross. Or like her eyes popping out of her head and yeah. then they like stick them back in the corner. <laughs> like, it's yeah, like yeah. a ton of things. It's like, oh, that's fucking gross and creative. Like, Gluing actually, her skin back on. Yeah. Yeah. That's the skin. Yeah, even early on when her skin's peeling <laughs> off. Like, yeah. Uh, it's good. Like, <laughs> slow degeneration of her like the skin and like all I would be stuff. comfortable calling this the goriest movie ever made. I would have to be yeah, shown something there. else. Yeah. It's know. gorier than the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which yeah. wasn't really that bloody or gory at all. Yeah, way gorier. <laughs> yeah. Like the more gory it's you have, than it's actually more evil dead comedic. Films. Yeah, if the Evil Dead films are not that they are really bloody, but I'd say this is more bloody than It's probably the bloodiest movie I've ever seen. This and like the collector or the collection <laughs> and then like the friday the 13th part 7 like uncut version mm. <laughs> like i don't know i can't think of anything more bloody than this like the end when he has like the what the fuck is that like a lawnmower lawnmower yeah thing that's yeah. that's the best <laughs> that, that's like, that's like of, the like highlight a dead of the rising movie. video game that's like a video game moment. What an ending sequence, man. Yeah. It's actually it's twice. epic. That whole ending sequence <laughs> is straight up epic. It like. is pretty cool. I think it's absolutely insane just how effective the lawnmower scene is in terms of like communicating what's happening visually. Yeah. When he's really doing good it. good editing, too. Like, There's yeah, a lot of great cuts it, to like the hands It's how it's around. structured and how it's thought out. Like it's very, very, very intricate planned out which is insane because you probably spend a lot of time on it too when you think about like this film as a genre there's almost some sort of um i guess stereotype that it's like really juvenile right but like this is Mm -hmm. a really professionally made film (laughs) like it it is juvenile in tone perhaps and maybe like in experience in in some way but what's going into it is a lot of talent and a lot of maturity when it comes to the filmmaking like i couldn't imagine any other director d- doing that approach of like, okay, we're going to have this scene where he has the bottom of a lawnmower and he's just like kind of forcing his way through these zombies and have it pulled off that well in a practical sense. It's absolutely insane that it looks effective. And that's exactly what I'm talking about when I see the dumb baby doll that he's smashing against. The, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's not the same caliber. Yeah, it, it, it'll be, I, I want to, it's not about how realistic is this concept. It's about like, how are you pulling it off? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. No, because I do agree about that, that baby scene earlier on. I like the whole inclusion of the baby and how it's like from that weird dinner scene earlier and (laughs) pregnant zombie. (laughs) Yeah. Where, where it goes. But yeah, it it does go just a bit too long in that, 
in that playground scene because I, I was reading apparently it's that that whole sequence is peter jackson's favorite in the whole movie of they've course finished, <laughs> they've, yeah they yeah, finished like heard. um before schedule with a bit of money over so they have oh, yeah? some extra time to work on that that's, so that's the scene they did yeah <laughs> which is funny <laughs> Yeah, yeah why fun. not? I mean, I thought it was fun. It is something you could, like, remove from the movie in the film. Like, the, it's not like it includes any important plot or anything. <laughs> yeah, I I do like the, the moment in that scene, though, where he kind of loses control of the, the buggy. Oh, yeah. Like sprinting down the hill after it. And that's what I mean by this physical performance he gives. He's a funny <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah, that like was awesome. Yeah. Mr. Yeah, Bean physical, shit. comedic Mr. Bean guy. <laughs> yeah, that voice I as well. It's just, it's just yeah. humor galore. And the variety from the the interpretation of zombies that come from like this universe, true, is really fun. Like you do have that little baby thing. You've got the weird like guts monster thing. Oh yeah, uh, you you got the big <laughs> the big mother at the end. Great, it's really fun in how it escalates with that stuff. Yeah, the, and all the different like techniques. You got stop motion. You got like reverse photography. You got Force perspective. all sorts of puppetry. Yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. much fun for that kind of stuff if you enjoy that level of like gore and that kind of horror fun. Mm-hmm. Cause you can't really get better than this movie in terms of that stuff. Yeah. It's a lot of the same techniques he wound up using in Lord of the Rings, you know? Yeah. The forced perspective yeah. to make something seem a lot bigger than it is. It's just like, wow. Like they, there are elements sprinkled in here that are just in Lord of the Rings too. But I completely agree with you about the, um, the, the z- different types of zombies and even even just the human ones, the way that they mm-hmm. get initially uh, mauled kind of becomes like a part of their character. So the the nurse with her yeah. head like a Pez dispenser, that get, like <laughs> it doesn't really just end there. It's not like oh she's dead or whatever. She comes back so many times, and each time there's like a different gag associated with that wound where she's like oh she's trying to eat and it's just pouring out of her neck. You know, like there's yeah. there's just so much that they actually do with that, and it's like oh that. This is she. She's more of a character than she was before she became a zombie. <laughs> yeah, right? and it makes the comedy funnier too. It's not just it doesn't feel just like one-off gags. It feels like we actually thought about how this is like mm-hmm. building up and joining to each other. Yeah, it's really super satisfying. fun and clever and fuck the um like the one whose like head gets cut off at like the jawline. There's the um <laughs> the woman who the woman zombie whose head gets pushed in backwards into a light bulb. <laughs> And that looked really oh, yeah. cool. And her That's eyes a great visual. and mouth are glowing. Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense, but I love the result, right? Yeah, it looks too cool to deny. Yeah, like, that's just fun. Fuck. Yeah, there's so much of it that just looks so cool. Yeah, that, those those guts were really weird. <laughs> it's like they become a character. He, like, looked at him. <laughs> the guts looked at itself in the mirror at the end of that scene. Oh, yeah, there was, the, like, the toilet part. That's like, a really funny. Oh, yeah, the blender man so many cool things you could do yeah that whole like victorian house yeah yeah it's like so great with the whole party thing and just the density of people yeah. and blood like, some bodies so here. much guts and blood like it must have been a real pain in the ass to work in that environment like imagine like redoing a shot like after mm-hmm. you know like spraying guts everywhere and covering the actors with it and like okay let's do that again like, it <laughs> yeah, must have take been two arduous you know <laughs> yeah it's very hard I love the uh, the like punk greaser zombie that <laughs> stabs himself in the <laughs> through the back of the head with a spoon because he was told to use cutlery at the dinner <laughs> at the breakfast scene. <laughs> so funny! 
So much more personality in this film than Bad Taste. Really has a tone. It just has way more <laughs> structure and form. Yeah. The effects are much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the gore, the comedy's much better. Yeah. All these things. Yeah. I noticed the same gun prop from Bad Taste at the beginning of the film when they were on Skull Island also. <laughs> that's funny. Maybe that's like a reference. Uh, it's still a goofy, dumb horror movie. It's like really over the top. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's, that, that doesn't mean it's bad. It means it's, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it's effective for mm-hmm. it. Especially for like first-time filmmaker. They say like for first-time filmmakers, it's not wrong to make a film like this. That's like just really over the top and stupid. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's there's nothing wrong with that. Like your first film doesn't have to be Citizen Kane, <laughs> you know, because then like this guy went on to make Lord of the Rings. Like it doesn't really matter. You got to show some kind of talent in like some way. And here he showed like talent and like the, those visual scenes, like the, the effects scenes and like the cinematography. Like, and that's why he went on to do great things like after this, after this movie. You know? Yeah. It's a truly like unique film like you're not gonna see this anywhere else like this had to come no. from peter jackson no and you and this this came out in 92 and there's still nothing that really matches it as we we're saying in terms of the these practical effects this gore stuff it's yeah yeah, it's yeah. when i think of the catalog of zombie films as a genre this never comes to mind because it's its own thing it's like its own i don't yeah. think of this as like a zombie film it's not in a genre or anything to me, it's just this is its own movie. There's nothing else like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just always been brain dead. Yeah. It's its own genre. <laughs> <laughs> How did the mother drown two people in a bathtub? <laughs> I didn't really show um, that. Maybe she was that mega zombie thing at the end. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, it was like a, the reveal at the end where he's like, you lied. Yeah, yeah. And then it showed a flashback of her drowning her husband. I'm like, but she drowned two people. Yeah, like, yeah, it's his whole backstory, isn't it? Because he's like got his trauma because he thinks his dad died in the ocean. Mm-hmm. It was actually <laughs> his overbearing mother yeah. who took him out the whole time and his lover. Yeah, it is funny that just at the end, they're like, you were bad even before you were a zombie. <laughs> you deserve all of this. And then just the visual of him being like reverse birthed into the womb is like fucking <laughs> insane. <laughs> like open wide, <laughs> you'll always be my special boy. <laughs> Whatever. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's actually a birth thing in Bad Taste, isn't there? He's, there was, oh um, yeah, laughing Bad At Taste. Uh, he's about been reborn or some weird shit. He says, yeah, I'm born, born again? again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's funny. Yeah, the. The pendant was a little dumb. Just like the... Were you going to call it a MacGuffin? Yeah. That was weird. The whole destiny thing with the cards and stuff. Yeah. Well, that was at least a little funny because it was like influencing their relationship in a way. That's like the only reason they're dating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. He's surrounded by death. Like for, I think from a comedy standpoint, that serves its purpose. But then, yeah, like the... The whole like, oh, I got to use this pendant or I don't even know what to call it. This necklace symbol thing. Well, it's just the magic. Uh, I can save the day with it. I don't know. It's r- magic rules. Yeah. I never know where to draw the line with movies that have a tone like this where yeah. it's like purposefully illogical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is like yeah. just kind of a bit of a trope. Evil Dead does the same thing. In the yeah. First movie. Oh, like, it's definitely oh, my girlfriend's tropes, necklace. Sure. Yeah. It's just hard to take it seriously at all. Like, even <laughs> Evil Dead 2. It's like impossible to take seriously. 
<laughs> even Army of Darkness. Like that movie's just like there's I the love, point. In the, uh, like I think halfway through, that's just slapstick. It just becomes like complete slapstick. Yeah. <laughs> Army of Darkness. It, it's the funny part about that trilogy is that it's all in the same trilogy, and it gets slowly goofier. <laughs> sure, time. Evil Dead One is like yeah, the most realistic one. Probably, if you were to say that, we'll use the word realism. Um, yeah, it's this, a straight. I, I guess you watch it, watch it like you watch Airplane or like something like that. It's just a bunch of jokes. Yeah, I, space balls. Yeah, the, the score is so much better in this than Bad Taste. So refreshing. It's actual yeah. music. Yeah, uh, an actual composer with songs that you know I can. Think of one right now. There's like a, there's memorable key moments associated with music in this film. Um, yeah. It actually complements the film. It's really effective, not annoying for the most part. There was something I actually wanted to bring up that I just think's interesting. If we're talking about Peter Jackson and his whole career, mm-hmm. I saw I can't remember where I saw it, but it was like trending or something. Um, a, a quote from Peter Jackson on the Hobbit audio commentary saying that um, he was frustrated with the appearance of the the orcs in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, Um, because in Jackson's opinion, CGI is better than makeup and prosthetics and showing Mm. how orcs are creatures without any human aspect, which I just think is fascinating, considering just the absolute commitment to the, the visual side of this movie and the practical effects in the movie and how effective it is in this movie and to go and to just shift over time is, yeah. is so interesting to me it's a complete cgi yeah yeah in the, Hobbit, like the technology the side cgi of it. yeah yeah it doesn't look as good and you made them humanoid cgi anyway so what's the point in what you just said <laughs> yeah they look hu- human anyway yeah. that's what i was they're, they're like the same thing basically they're yeah, a little you bigger just, you cgi uh, over a person like, imagine if he made over. like if he made this movie now like he'd probably use cgi blood <laughs> you know all the same shit that like I hate who knows like, maybe he's had like, like a bit of self-reflection the effects are great who knows after the lovely yeah, bones i don't know we'll <laughs> i like i like this he, more than the lovely bones if, if that counts for anything i probably like this more than the hobbit movies it's yeah me one too of the best things peter jackson's oh, yeah. made yeah this it's is, great you know i, I think it's good i think it's a good movie i think this is really good work i think this is probably one of the best horror movies out there it's a classic for me yeah yeah, yeah, this has always been a classic for me. If someone hasn't seen it, I'm showing it to them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you see, like, yeah, you see the dawning talent, like, in this guy. Yeah, I really enjoy that side of it. Mm-hmm. Just seeing mm-hmm. the like, little sparks of, like, oh, I, I recognize, yeah, like, that. Like, Helm's yeah. Deep and, like, all that. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> there are very few locations on this film. They go back to the store a bunch, and most of it's in the house. But you really get a feel for the environment, which was not the case in bad yeah. taste and is not the case in so many films yeah. it wasn't the case it's in a lot in the house Venom it's in the house either, a lot know? but there's like a lot of variety in the locations and like he goes to the basement and like the house is so big and there's so many different rooms in it and they keep um, lighting it differently and yeah, yeah it keeps everywhere. changing it always looks different yeah yeah by the end of it it looks completely different yeah Regardless of variety I love films where if they're going to be in a consistent location I, I like the I, I like watching something and feeling like if I were there right now, I would know which room is which. I would be able to like go in and just be yeah. like, oh, this room, this room, which is why they were able to, at certain points in the film, they would just show the basement door without showing what's behind it. You know, it's, it just looks like a door, but because the film is effective in how it communicates 
location and how it communicates the environment you know it's like oh that's what that is right there you know right next to the stairs there's the door to the basement you know a bit to the left there's the kitchen you know like it's there's continuity to it and the way it's shot and presented just really helps give you a feel for the the location it would be so much worse if you were confused about that you know it would be so much worse if you didn't really get a good sense of the environment so i appreciate that oh yeah it would injure everything one guy got gnomed. <laughs> Don't remind me of gnome. Yeah. So many, um, there's a lot of movies that have like tried to copy this in terms of like, okay, we're building to a thing and then just like everybody's going to die in like really weird ways or whatever. Like Lloyd Kaufman's Poultry Geist, which is, I mean, a lot of fun for me. You can tell that there's definitely some inspiration from Braindead. I don't know if Braindead ripped off something else in this sense. I don't know if it's the first to really do this whole <laughs> grandiose bloodbath in the way that it presents itself at least but i mm-hmm. love it poultry guys is much worse than this <laughs> like the, yeah. the effects are much worse yeah yeah There's actually some artistry <laughs> to this these effects and like this yeah that movie's like a total b movie poultry guys <laughs> no it's, it's just funny <laughs> it's funny yeah definitely it's almost unwatchable for some people like this is oh much, of course this is much more watchable this is much more viewable Unless you're squeamish. Do you, do you think it's that bad, like, in terms of... Uh, there's there's a couple gross-outs that get me, yeah, like, the, gross the, the custard is... and stuff. But it, get, yeah. it genuinely gets so well either. I had, like, I had, like, a headache. I had seen that scene. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> there's some people that can't handle gore. They'll get, like, sick. True. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I just... Uh, I find there's such a disconnect when it gets just so over the top. It's so cartoonish mm-hmm. that I, I just yeah. stop even... It's a ton of blood. ...connecting it. <laughs> Is like <laughs> real, yeah. I was reading that the the, uh, the like British censors or whatever wanted to give it a fifteen instead of an eighteen because of that fact. Whether it's just like yeah. it's just so silly, like it's it's not gore in the same way. It's like comedy gore, and it, it's not yeah. like showing gore for the opposite effect. Uh, it does mean something different to me, but mm-hmm. I think it's still got an eighteen rating in the end. It's the nineties, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was banned in a few countries, actually. Yeah, I noticed it was hard to find. I was thinking maybe it's because of that gore, but I mean, really, yeah, it's it's in a comedic context, and it's creative. It's actually art. <laughs> Imagine banning this movie. <laughs> like, it's much classier than Poultry Geist or something like that. That's a good comparison. This is actually like a real film. <laughs> it was banned in South Korea, Singapore, and Finland. Probably more places. And I think um, there's like a <laughs> there's a like a gore edited out like version for Germany or something. Like oh yeah, like Germany always gets out special, there with all the gore taken out. <laughs> special baby versions. Like what would be the point of this movie without the gore? Like a like oh yeah, hour, like, like gore free version. What's really funny is uh one of the things with Evil Dead. The reason why some of the scenes with blood is like oh why is the blood black or why is it milk (laughs) or whatever it's like they were Mm -hmm. thinking like oh yeah because if you have like a different if it's not red blood then that'll be easier to not get banned (laughs) like you can (laughs) yeah yeah to get past the sense not get an x rating or whatever it was you can't have too much blood that's so funny yeah you can have blood just not too much trying to think of a gorier movie Certainly, if a gorier movie exists, then it's probably it's not going to be like as entertaining. Like, yeah, yeah. Because uh, when I think like violence and like gore, like that, uh, Martyrs flashes in my head, but it's not the same. It's different. Yeah, it's like a different type. Yeah, of that's violence. not bloodier than this. It's not as much blood no, in that movie. No, yeah. is this some gross shit? <laughs> yeah, you want to like if you want to go really like 
obscure than sure, but there's not many like mainstream big movies with this much blood. Yeah, fucking re-release this shit already. I by yeah, my please. Blu-ray, it's out of print and it's another Spanish one. <laughs> it's another Spain. <laughs> yeah, it's so impossible to find this movie. Fuck, bring it back, Peter. Peter. Well, yeah, he's got. He's did that. He did that really good World War One restoration yeah. documentary. He should. That was yeah. good. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. We shall not grow old. Brain dead in color. Yeah, that's yeah. a different type of horror. Dope movie. Okay, let's see. Produ- uh, for the film's cinematic scene, where in Lionel massacres a horde of zombies with a lawnmower, a reputed 300 liters, 79.2 gallons of fake blood was used. This is just from Wikipedia. Oh my god! But that's pretty cool. It's a lot. You're just making soup. A whole house. <laughs> Human soup. Yeah. Oh, there was a lawsuit. It alleged that Braindead had infringed the privacy of the plaintiffs by including pictures of the plaintiff's family tombstone. After reviewing the New Zealand judicial authorities on, pri- on privacy, they stated the present situation in New Zealand is that there are three strong straight statements in the High Court in favor of existence of such a tort in this country and an acceptance of the Court of Appeal that the concept is at least arguable. This case became one of the series, one of a series of cases which contributed to the introduction of tort invasions of privacy in New Zealand. Interesting. Was that from one of the graveyard scenes? Or Apparently, like yeah. Which is a silly thing to oh. be upset about. Like, it's in public, right? Yeah. Whatever. I guess you could just CG it out nowadays. But... I know, like the person's phone number in Squid Game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some Korean man's getting a lot of phone calls. What do you want to give it out of 10? I really enjoy this movie. I think for what it's going for, it pretty much nails it. Snappy, fun, funny. This is a full star for me. I'm happy to watch this one ever. Bam. That's what I'd give it. Four star out of five. Yeah. Oh, nice. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. And I'm giving this one a seven out of 10. It's closer to an eight than a six. Lots of fun. Great, gory, funny movie for fun people. Thanks, Peter. Fun is the word. I almost called it Percy Jackson. Oh. Oh, no. Very different episode. (laughs) Yeah, a Percy Jackson film. The next trilogy recommendation. All right, question time. All right, let's do some questions from the Sardonicast community. If you want to leave questions for us to answer in future episodes, head over to the suggestion thread on the subreddit, which should be there. Let's do this one to get us going then. From Extension Bar 6431. What's a movie you can't defend, but you unironically love? Batman Returns for me. That was that one, not my one. <laughs> Batman Returns, it's a bad one. <laughs> Depends what you mean by defend. <laughs> Can't defend. Because I can def- I, when I think of defending a movie, I'm defending my perspective on the movie. Right? Because um, if I were to, if the question implied defending a movie beyond my own in perspective, then that kind of implies that I would be defending like, oh no, other people should like this sort of thing. But that's not really how I operate. Unironically love. I, I guess Aquaman. <laughs> like it's terrible. Yeah. But I I still watch it. <laughs> how how often do you watch it? Is this like a common movie? Like it's one of your favorite. Oh, every movies? couple of weeks. Nah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no, Part of I my wish daily it was routine. Every couple of weeks. 
<laughs> I haven't seen it for a while, but they might not like Black Hawk Down that movie because it's like a military propaganda movie. But I love that movie. I think it's great. This is like a great action movie. Like the action, it's fucking incredible. You know, like the shooting and whatever. It's sort of like the best like military movie, just in terms of the action. Like that and Saving Private Ryan. It's a Ridley Scott movie too. People have like, I, it's just people like hate those kind of movies because they're like, oh, it's just like a propaganda movie or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, 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 it's like the military's in it. Obviously, they have to like use military equipment in it. Like they get like real helicopters and shit. So it's ha- it has to be like somewhat of an advertisement for the military. But it's like a really good action movie. Like yeah. if, they, if they didn't have like real Black Hawks in it, like it would not be the same thing at all. <laughs> it would suck. Yeah, I remember enjoying Black Hawk Down. It's been a while. Isn't there some like weird thing in America where like in order to show certain things, like the Pentagon has to sign off on some things or some shit? Yeah. And yeah. you know, if you're working with the government or with the military, they'll they'll give you stuff yeah. to make the movie. But it has to have like a pro, you know, yeah. you can't make like a pro freedom. You can't stance. make you probably can't make like apocalypse now. You can't make like apocalypse now with like the help of like the government. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> that they use like different kind of helicopters i think they borrowed them from like people they were filming in that location mm. where wherever it was you know yeah uh it's just a different kind of movie but i mean black hawk down's great i think it's great <laughs> i haven't seen it since i was very young so i'd be interested in checking yeah, it out yeah it's been a while for me people would probably at least like it but yeah it's it's just a, like an action movie it's like a great ridley scott action movie but people will See, probably this, shit on it. This question kind of makes me think of a lot of stuff I watched like as a kid that I've revisited like as an adult and have changed my opinions slightly. But I'll always have that kind of nostalgic glee for like like The Phantom Menace. I'm going to say it. I'm going to throw it out there. He said <laughs> it. Look at it. it. <laughs> I've done it. How about like Revenge of the Sith? Like that. that's more of a guilty pleasure for me. <sighs> So, uh, the Phantom Menace is the one for me. That's the one I watch. And I like, watch the commentary track and I just find it so fascinating. I, yeah, this is something about it, man. I love the <laughs> behind like... the scenes documentary about the Phantom <laughs> yeah, Menace. Yeah. That is great. That's, that's like how you feel about the Dead Alive one or the, the what's the other one? The first oh, the bad taste Peter one. Jackson. Bad yeah, taste. Yeah. Like how you feel about that. Yeah, like like George Lucas like trying to figure it all out. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is really funny. Man. I think Phantom Menace is a mess. I th- I'd say like Revenge of the Sith is a better answer. For it. I like the end of um, Phantom Menace, the sword fight or whatever, Darth Maul. I've come around on the pod race too, I've got to admit. Mm-hmm. No. Like pod race. <laughs> now no, this awesome. is pod race. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Maybe not that bit. <laughs> I feel like every movie would be better with that line in it. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah, Schindler's List. It, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like when she's getting away. Like now, this is pod racing. Like any movie. <laughs> yeah, the pianist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I guess I'm just getting hung up on the phrasing of this question, so I'm just gonna name a guilty pleasure of mine because I think that's kind of what it's asking. Poultry Geist. Yeah. Done. It's very funny to me. It's very offensive. I, I like it too. It's like, it, it is, it's super offensive. It's really funny like, to me. But that's like yeah, Kaufman. I, I haven't you know? seen this one. What What do you mean by offensive? I mean, like, like don't watch it on a date. It's it's um, <laughs> don't watch it on a date. If Lloyd Kaufman were like more of a popular figure than and he made this and released it in like current <laughs> year then it might be like cancel lloyd kaufman kind of offense. it's uh, name a yeah, group and it makes fun of it in kind of like a south parky style you know where it's just like 
yeah, yeah. Sure, surely the guy is not right. actually hateful, but 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 it is <laughs> like, oh, you can't say that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it's yeah, really right. funny. You're not supposed to take it seriously. It's at really all. funny. Right. It's like was it like early two thousands? Uh-huh. Like it's like two thousand six, I think. The perfect yeah, time. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, when like drawn <laughs> together was on the air. You know? It's like gratuitous, like nudity and like yeah, shit, gory and, and dumb and <laughs> so yeah, edgy. it's it's a musical also. Sex jokes, yeah, yeah. It's like American Pie kind of, but like much more vulgar. It's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, but it's fun. I still, yeah, I definitely enjoy it. I, I just it. would not watch. That I got the most people like Brain Dead. Brain Dead's an excellent horror movie. It's like no. <laughs> Oh, is that your yeah. dog? <laughs> Alex? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, he just went crazy for some reason. That's That's right. He was agreeing with Ralph's statement. Yeah, I think you're yeah, right. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, AV Center staff member two has this to say. After movies like Capone and the Venom franchise, I feel as if Tom Hardy as an actor is starting to fall off a bit. Before he was considered to be in the upper echelon of actors who was able to choose any role he wanted to, and because of that he had an insane stretch of great performances and good to great films. So what do you guys think? Is Tom Hardy losing his stride, or am I just overreacting based on a few lackluster performances in mm. lackluster films? What are the what are the examples of good ones? He's in a lot of good movies. He was like and in like The Revenant. Movies. He was in uh, Bane. Yeah, and The Dark Revenant. Legend. Let's let's look at his filmography. I think it's a bit of an overreaction. Like if I had to say, I think there's like peaks and valleys Inception. in an actor's career. There's like points they're not doing as much. Yeah, he he was in like a lot of Chris Nolan movies, Dunkirk. You know. Yeah. I think Venom is a, a good TV role for him. Like well, he's obviously it? making a yeah, shit Bronson. ton of money doing Venom. He was in Bronson. Mad Max. Bronson's great, but you know yeah, that's Bronson, like an indie Mad film. Max. I yeah, I don't know. Fine. He's just he's just he's making money. I don't know. He's like starring in movies. What's I think Venom's a good franchise for him. Like I don't see why he needs to do anything else. You know, like what yeah. else does he have to prove? He's going to be in another <laughs> Mad Max. There's an announced he's, Mad he's Max. He's a great actor. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else he needs to do. It's really not yeah. like we're looking at a timeline that isn't like so defined really this isn't over a long period it's of time so and this isn't that yeah. many movies to look at he's still a young actor yeah. too so like, like in the same time knows? that he was doing the dark knight rises which i mean not, not a great movie in the same time where he was like supposedly doing just great movies like the revenant and mad max there's also lock which i fucking hated and then there's also things on his imdb <laughs> that you click really on and it's like lock. who the fuck watched watched this shit like okay let's read this the drop? What was this? I don't know what the drop is. <laughs> the drop is all right. Okay. The drop the is actually a really good movie. This means war is the bad <laughs> The one. drop is a really good movie. It's London so Road. Said oh Locke. god! Apparently, I tried those are all good. Legends not so great, but like I, I think Lawless. he's had a good career. I don't. <laughs> Lawless is pretty good. Like a western. Yeah, like I've seen all those. I don't know. I'm he just like, had, like yeah. I think those are solid movies. Yeah, they're just move. This means war. This means war was the bad. That one. was shit. That yeah, one I'll give like you. It. That was fucking terrible. <laughs> that was like a romantic comedy with like Chris Pine. Yeah. Uh, it's like what yeah. three three movies that are not good at the end of you know. <laughs> Chris know. Pine is like in Wonder Woman 1984. I'd say I say Tom Hardy's doing better than that. <laughs> Chris, yeah, yeah Tom Hardy's gonna be doing fine. I'm not worried about him. <laughs> I'm not worried about Chris yeah. Pine either. Uh, I, I think Tom Hardy is gonna be fine. There was never a point yeah. where I looked at Tom Hardy being in a movie and thought, that's a reason to see it. So I'm, nothing's going to change for me. <laughs> I, I never thought yeah, Tom yeah. Hardy was like, oh, he's Marlon Brando. Like, he's the greatest actor. Like, 
don't think he's quite proven. Like, Bronson's amazing. Like, yeah, let, let the guy have a long career, and and like he'll probably have many more good movies. Yeah. Like the good, the right script has to come along, and he has to like it. Like, there's not an exact science to it, <laughs> you know. You probably thought Capone would be better than it was. Yeah. yeah. Adam, what, what do you hate about Locke? I'm, I'm curious. It was a bullshit, boring movie where nothing happened. <laughs> Locke? Yeah. It was like... And it, the, oh, here's, here's... I remember liking it when it came <laughs> bullshit out. Bullshit, boring. No, yeah. here's, here's what really fucking got me about it was um, the soundtrack was fucking awful. That guitar, that guitar score was just absolute cancer. Yeah. It was like one of the no, worst scores. <laughs> And it it was playing the entire movie, and then like yeah, I guess I don't know like this. I guess this is just a part of the theme of the movie. But like literally everything was his fault, and I couldn't feel sympathy for him at any moment. And it was clear the film was trying to get me to feel like, feel like oh no, I'd hope nothing this doesn't bad thing happened to him. But literally everything that happens was his own fault, and the score sucked, and nothing happened, and it was really boring and stupid. And his performance wasn't it's better than the director's. Like... It's better than that director's next movie, which was Serenity. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even like well shot oh, or really? anything. It was just like it felt like kind of gimmicky. Like this whole thing's in a car. Like it's not even as good as like Phone Booth, from what I remember anyway. Like Phone Booth is cheesy as fuck, but at least that I can remember certain things. Yeah, it's so less goofy than Phone Booth, right? It's like a different tone. I know it's a different tone. It's but... really like an actor's performance-driven movie, and like you got a really good actor. It's yeah. all about Tom Hardy, really. It's been too long, to be honest. Yeah, Locke was dumb. Was People like Locke. Fucking I mean, Serenity is awesome. <laughs> it's Jesus. dumb. It's not, do you mean ironically awesome? Yeah. The whole thing was like a fucking redacted. It's like the worst. You want to talk about bad twists? <laughs> like, I that's love like that. the worst twist I think I've seen recently. M. Knight couldn't even come up with one that bad. It's a redacted. It's a, it's a redacted. Redacted. <laughs> Don't spoil the, the experience of a... Serenity. I'm going to oh, edit fuck that out. Serenity. <laughs> no, it's so good. It's movie, so funny. This movie came out like fucking years ago. This is like one of the worst movies. I th- we should recommend it. 2019. It's, it's like such one of the a worst funny movie. fucking movies. It's one of the worst fucking movies I think I've ever seen. I need to add Awful. this to my list. My best of <laughs> 2019. Add this to my list. I remember you guys yeah. telling me about it, but I never saw it for myself. Yeah, don't spoil Serenity yeah. for people. It's important. <laughs> Fuck Serenity. No, if you want to watch it, you should see it soon. Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? That was about Tom Hardy or whatever. We got it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, a young 12 volt has one for us. What are your guys' thoughts on alternate rating systems? Ralph and Alex, is there a reason you prefer to rate films out of 5? Adam, is there a reason you prefer to rate films out of 10? Considering all of you have subdivided your ratings in some form or another, e.g. Ralph and Alex giving a film 2.5 out of 5, or Adam saying a film is closer to a 7 than a 5, have you considered rating films out of 10, 20, or 100? Subsequent question, what do you guys think about the minus 10 to 10 rating system where the magnitude of the number represents your enjoyment and the sign of the number represents the film's quality. E.g. The Holy Mountain would be a 10 out of 10, Gotti would be a 0 out of 10, and The Room would be a minus 7. Okay. <laughs> this is very intricate. No. That is we, very yeah. intricate. <laughs> I just, uh, it's out of 10 because that's what my IMDb ratings are. I'm just telling you my IMDb rating. Same here. It's the letterboxed rating system. Yeah, I see no difference between 5 stars and a, and 10. Yeah, exactly. You can convert 2.5 out of 5 into, you know, a 5 out of 10, and you can convert that into 50 out of 100, you know, which is a percent. You convert it to 50%. Like, it's, you know, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
So would you give Locke a zero? Did I think I gave Locke like a four. Let's see. The minus is interesting. I like minus, that idea. Yeah, I, I would use it as like if I didn't if idea. I didn't enjoy the movie, like if I hated the movie, I would give it a minus. Like I would put it in my enjoyment. Actually, like disaster movie would be a minus ten. The room might be a zero. Well, this one's saying more like disaster movie. Disaster movie would be like a zero, right? But like Ben and Arthur would be like a minus ten. Right? Really? Just because of how poorly executed is that Ben and the Arthur? Because they're saying like the Holy Mountain would be a genuine ten out of ten. Gotti would be a zero because it's just so bad, and the room would be minus seven out of ten because it's actually entertaining somewhat. Funny. Yeah, I just don't know. That's a really confusing. Apparently, one. I gave Locke a five okay. out of ten. Uh huh. I feel like if you overcomplicate the rating system, it uses it loses its purpose. Of yeah, just, if you like, got to spend like five minutes viewer. explaining yeah. how it works. Like, if there's like a new, I would say like if there was a new standard, I should tr- probably abide to it. <laughs> if the minus ten ever does come into effect, <laughs> if like audiences are that smart enough, I feel like the the rating system we have now works. It's like the easiest to communicate, like what I thought of it. <laughs> yeah. in like the quickest way yeah it's it's fun to experiment with this stuff I guess but just keep it simple at a certain point you know just god damn it well yeah because then it loses its function of like the, well, so, yeah, well what are you actually talk talking then? about yeah. don't overcomplicate it <laughs> yeah. yeah like do you even care about the movie at that point should, like, yeah just... should I explain the rating system or explain my opinion on the movie <laughs> I give this one a minus four I'm uh, giving this one uh, eight no. cheeseburgers out of seven umbrellas <laughs> like okay. he is so weird 20 has one for us have any of you guys seen or they mentioned this earlier the new Korean show Squid Game on Netflix if so what are your thoughts oh yeah just everyone is fucking telling me about the show Everyone is telling me about it. I have to watch it. You finished it yesterday. It was one of the things when I was bedridden with this illness. I, I watched the whole thing. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. When I'm, well, Ralph, if you're going to watch it anyway, we're going to record the next episode early, a week early. So we'll have three weeks between that and the next one. Yeah. Maybe that'd be a good one. Yeah. Venom and Squid Game. It'd be like a popular discussion. Well, Venom cool. we'll be talking about next uh, week. Yeah. Well, I can watch Squid Game soon. Oh really? I could maybe oh, you next week. I mean, okay. I sure. I mean, yeah, we we'll figure sure. it out. <laughs> we got it's time. quite bingeable. Yeah, I'll definitely watch it soon. It's just like everyone's talking about it. They're like, oh, it's the greatest fucking thing ever made. I'm like, it's probably not. And then Alice's <laughs> rating seemed much more reasonable. <laughs> like when I saw your rating on Letterboxd or whatever, I'm like, okay, it's probably good. People were hyping it up a little too much for my liking. I hate yeah, that kind of. I gotta admit, I, I did bump it up half a star from that rating. Yeah, I've been thinking yeah. about it too much. People say yeah. it's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of torn. Um, and I was like totally like cough syruped up, like just out of my mind ill. So I might need to go through some of it again. But yeah, I did enjoy sure. it. I, I I understand what is connecting with people about it. I think. Yeah, I'll I'll talk about it when we all do a thing. Yeah, I'm gonna make a review right, on cool. it. Also, so, so I guess that's yeah. our answer for now. Yeah, I've yeah. seen it. Squid, squid game. Squid game. Uh, a movie guy, two thousand and four, has a quick one. Tips on taking notes during films. You mentioned earlier, um, you you obviously can't really take good notes in a in a theater. Do you have any solution for that? Do you just not bother? You just mentally note I just it down. Try to get things down as quickly as possible after the movie when the credits start or whatever then i'll just pull my phone up and just jog down things that i think i'm about to forget if i don't do it right away right right no, i don't forget anything 
I, I just watched How do you know you don't forget anything? Because <laughs> if you forgot something, you wouldn't know. And I figure that it's just not worth it, probably. Okay. <laughs> if I forgot, it's not worth saying. Uh, but it usually comes back to me. I, I write notes later. Usually the first time I watch a movie, I don't write any notes. So like a theater experience, you know, that's usually the first time I see a movie. There's yeah. like no reason. I could maybe the bring second a time, notepad, I usually I, I usually know. try to pause it. Not all the time, but I usually try to pause it. I just feel it's distracting to write notes. If I'm watching at home, then yeah, I might pause yeah. to write a couple things down. I might try taking notes with a notepad. I think I did that a couple times before, but I can't see what I'm writing down in a theater. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, notepad yeah. is usually good. It's a good way to write it in a theater, but I usually just don't do, don't even bother mm-hmm. with that. I have like tons of like leftover notes. I'll audio dictate to my phone. I'll just say that in the movie. I'll say my notes out loud on my phone so I don't have to type it. Might as well just blend in with the popcorn crunching and the baby yeah. screaming or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <I'm on> <laughs> Got quite a weird one here from Outlandish Narwhat. Sorry, Narwhal. I can't read today. What are your favorite cheeses? Also, if Alex would do a <laughs> Wallace from Wallace and Gromit impression, it would make me so happy. I would say cheese. <sighs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That was good. Wallace likes uh, cheese and crackers. That's what like got me into cheese and crackers. Well, the most Wallace thing is that he does this like hand movement, which is like half the character. Yeah. yeah. you can't see right now. Uh-huh. I like a good soft brie. Yeah, brie's good. <laughs> brie's up there. If we're talking about like sliced cheese, mozzarella. I like Swiss a lot. Mozzarella is great for pizzas. And on its own, even. I don't yeah. know how much of a Canadian thing this is, but like cheese curds, like squeaky Montreal cheese curds, those are good. See, I I just reject the word curd so much. It makes me think of mm. like um like British puddings. Loads of them are made oh. out of curd, even if it's like not not something bad. It's just something about the word to me. It just puts me off. It, okay, it's delicious. I don't know. Oh, it's great. It's an ingredient in uh, putin. So if you're ever going to have a good poutine, as the non-Montrealers oh. would call it. Oh, yeah, poutine I'll is good. the curd for some poutine, yeah. I mean. You know, Italian cheeses. Parmesan. How do you feel about goat's cheese? I don't think I've had it. I might have had it. I don't know. Probably fine. I'm really not a picky eater. There's like very Gorgonzola's few things that I don't good. like. Yeah. Mozzarella, gorgonzola. Gorgonzola. Wensleydale. Ricotta. Burrata cheese. Yeah, I like the... um. The few times that I've had like uh, one of those uh, like Quattro Fromaggio pizzas or whatever, like they're pretty good. Cheese like yeah, okay. They've got those like they look like they got like What's... big splotches of like you know they're using like some real mo- mozzarella. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys ever fucked around with vegan cheese? Yes, I have What's many times. What's the takeaway? Because last time I tried it, it wasn't there yet. Still not okay. If you're looking to replicate the exact taste and feel and functionality of cheese, then you're right; it's not there yet. Yeah, there are places that do it like fairly well. It's the the biggest problem right now is the melting aspect. Yeah, Th- there's like some really good cheese spreads. Like there's good cream cheeses that are vegan that are, where it's like okay, like this is like basically it. There's some that are like imitating like brie kind of and it's like okay well this doesn't taste like that but you can use it in the same way like in a spread sort Mm -hmm. of thing 
but yeah, in terms of like shredded melting cheese, still needs some work. We need uh, we need some top minds on this one. We need some good scientists to bring us closer. <laughs> top men, yeah. It's very hard. It's very hard to just replicate yeah. the exact same thing. Yeah, but but it, it's like, what is the goal even, right? Because I actually prefer right. like beyond meat patties to real beef patties, right? I prefer what it tastes like. And I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, this tastes exactly the same because I like it better. So it really depends on what your goal is for eating something vegan in terms of like what you want to get out of it taste-wise, I guess. But I think like the Beyond Burger... That's like a good mm-hmm. sort of equivalent, you know. You're getting a nice flavor, a nice texture. It's mimicking yeah, it's different it in a certain sure. way, but yeah. But it's still good. But it's like satisfying. But vegan cheese is just kind of like a bit off. <laughs> yeah. There's some, there's some that are good. I <laughs> yeah, don't know if off. I could like name them right now. But there's some that I like. It's hard. They have like um, vegan cheese slices that I'll just like, I'll eat like just the cheese slice as a snack. And it's like, I don't have to use it the same way. I don't have to like melt it on a burger or anything. It's just like, oh, this is good. Yeah. And I treat it as its own kind of thing in the same way where it's like you could have ju- you could have called this something that's not cheese and it would be you know, I would eat it and be like, "Oh, that's good." Like you can take yeah, these yeah, same yeah, ingredients yeah. and it's not like, you know, if you if you make like a new puffed uh chip made out of like uh pea fiber or something, like that doesn't necessarily have to be replicating something. You can just call it a new snack, right? But it, yeah, just make I, it I think it's I think it's like the idea of it trying to replicate something else that turns a lot of people off when I think a lot of it is just mentality where it's like it's not like people people who hate vegan food don't don't avoid things that don't have meat in it. Like it's not like, oh, I'm never going to eat a fucking tortilla chip because it's vegan. No, it's like a lot of what turns people off of it is like the implication that it's like replicating or trying to replace uh, another existing food item and then they think about that food item they're like mm, this doesn't taste like a, be- a beef this doesn't taste like a mm-hmm. egg and then that disappointment like carries through in terms of how they feel about it you know when it's like I don't know you could just market it as something different and people would probably like it <laughs> you know yeah. the rage probably sells more than people get angry I feel like the goal for like the vegan stuff or whatever is to make it taste as good or better than like a real meat patty. Yeah, we'll get so there. That you don't kill, you don't kill like you know pigs anymore. <laughs> I feel yeah. like that's the ultimate lab goal. grown. But you know, also yeah, who knows? Yeah, like you do something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like and I wouldn't be opposed to that. I don't want to eat like I think of like Snowpiercer. They like eat cockroaches and make them into like gel mm-hmm. squares <laughs> and then like serve them out. Like I don't want to eat that shit. <laughs> if it tastes but, good, I'd you know, fucking eat there's, it. There's definitely like a, a balance. Right, right. If you make it taste good, then I'll eat it. You know, even if like not all the time, and like having a a regular beef patty is like a special thing. You know, I wouldn't be opposed to that either. Or yeah, you could get one at like McDonald's. Like we're not at that level yet, where like McDonald's gives you one that tastes. I mean, good. fast food chains have started adopting uh, the Beyond Burgers and Impossible Burgers. Yeah, yeah, certain ones. Yeah. yeah, it definitely started. It has started. It's like you know, special thing, and yeah. it usually. People don't like the taste of it. I don't like the taste of it at all. I, mean, I think it's gross. There's enough people that like it that it's being adopted many <laughs> yeah, places. Yeah, definitely. I like the chicken ones a little better. Like the imitation chicken. Yeah, depending on them. But I guess it's all the same shit. Yeah, right? it it's all right, like yeah. tofu or something. Soy protein. <laughs> the cheese one sounds weird. It's just like a very hard thing to replicate. Yeah. 
cheese. It's like so such a specific flavor and texture. Mm-hmm. I'd like a slice of cheese, please. <laughs> From her. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. I don't know why that quote's uh, been in my mind. <laughs> right, next question. I'm a concept, as this to say. Oh, and this kind of feeds back into what you were saying earlier about that Ridley Scott movie. What do you think of the famous Francois Truffaut statement that it's impossible to make a true anti-war movie because to show something is to ennoble it? If you disagree, what are some examples of truly anti-war films? If you agree, are there any other genres that you think are similarly limited by the medium? That's bullshit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my gut response. Look, the argument's anything you show in a movie is glorifying it, which I think is a, a, an extreme. I think that's a radical choice. That that's just. I don't think you. Can, I don't think you can statement. apply that to everything. I don't think you can apply that to everything. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's no there's no thing in art where like everything is this way. <laughs> there's sometimes you show something and it's not glorifying it. So I went and found the original quote to make sure it's accurate. Um... Where is it? From the Chicago Tribune in 1973, I guess. I find that violence is very ambiguous in movies. For example, some films claim to be anti-war, but I don't think I've really seen an anti-war film. Every film about war ends up being pro-war. So that was in November 11th, 1973. Well, then he's talking about his experience so far. It, he wasn't saying yeah, that it's impossible. Yeah, he's talking about his experience. Yeah, he's yeah, saying the about, films like, that he's seen. It's up seen. to your interpretation. Yeah, I feel like most audiences are smart enough to have their own opinion of war, like before they see a movie. <laughs> I don't think a movie's going to shift your opinion on war yeah. one way or the other. It's just like showing it. That's all a war film is trying to do. They just show the war. <laughs> well, just yeah. think about like yeah. some of the war films we have talked about on this podcast alone, like Come and See, yeah. Grave of the Fireflies. Like, the, yeah. The, doesn't get much more like anti-war than the kind of messages that come through these movies especially right. fucking come and see like jesus christ yeah come and see right do you call black hawk down a pro war film that that's why you listed it as a guilty pleasure like for me because people would say like it's like a military you know join the military you get to shoot like it's be cool you know there's like cool rock music <laughs> it's like call of duty like you know real war obviously isn't that cool as it's presented in black hawk down <laughs> but it's been a while it's, since it's i've like seen that but it sounds like um act of valor do you remember that movie that sounds like sure. the kind of thing you're describing act of valor is too except that movie has like terrible acting like this movie <laughs> has has like eric bana and like you know real actors in it uh, tom hardy's in it too actually we were talking about him isn't ian mcgregor briefly. in black hawk down ian mcgregor yeah uh tom sizemore you know he's in saving private ryan uh, you know, would you call that a pro-war movie? It, I would say like it, it makes the military look like cool, and it shows like their like camaraderie and like brotherhood. Like that's kind of what keeps them going. You know, it's like the world is more complex than just like pro-war, anti-war. Like there's different aspects to war and like to the military that you you have to you know and analyze and dissect and like give an audience credit to like know these things already <laughs> like when they go see mm-hmm. your movie <laughs> you know no, no one's gonna see a movie like oh i love war now like i'm gonna join the military and kill a bunch of people like just from watching a movie like that's not how people work and and no one's gonna be shifted like the other way like oh now i hate war because come and see showed me 
that war is terrible <laughs> it's just a movie i don't know i mean it can, films can can influence it's your perspective I, I would say that that's a thing that... but a film like trying to shift your perspective too much is just like a bit pretentious it just, just i mean show, it's, I, i'm it, not gonna say it, that it it's impossible for it in, to happen otherwise why would propaganda few, films even i'd exist? say very few movies have even had that impact on like my life very few and some of them have been war movies like apocalypse now like that's a great war film I'd say that's anti-war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apocalypse Now. Like, just the fucking title. Yeah. Poultry Geist influenced my perspective on uh, chicken restaurants. <laughs> you say that's anti-war? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you for looking up the original quote, Alex, because I think that the way that it was phrased in the comment, maybe it's, it's not the fault of the commenter and they were taking it from somewhere else, but that was a bit... I don't know if that was an accurate representation of what he was trying to say it makes interesting discussion though yeah i feel like there is like a, a a frame of like thinking like that that i think is wrong like not everything you show is wrong <laughs> in a movie <laughs> you like not everything is glorified in a movie mm-hmm. irreversible like i don't think that is like glorifying anything that happens in that film mm-hmm. <laughs> the violence in it <laughs> i'd say it's pretty horrible yeah well Thanks, Francois. I will check out your film, The 400 Blows, at some point. Let's do this one from GGG375. Do you think seeing films in the cinemas with a large screen and booming sound system sometimes cause people to think more highly of films than the ones they see at home? Is there anything inherently (laughs) wrong if a movie works better in one environment than another? Yeah, I think uh, there's nothing wrong with that because that's true for every movie that there's better environments than others to watch them in however Mm -hmm. if a movie is only good with a good with watching it in a theater then it's not a good movie that's my perspective like if you need the big screen and big sound so it's more of like an amusement park ride than an actual film then it's not really it's not the film it's the sound system in the theater right like it's that's not the movie doing it. You're just like, wow, big noise. What if it's something like an IMAX action sequence that's just it's just better? Like on one of those huge Better is different with everything. than yeah. what I was saying. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I was saying like if it's only No, you didn't you didn't watch the movie right. You disliked it because you didn't see it in IMAX. Like I don't think that's a thing. Right. I've said okay. before, I think. You should watch it the way the the director intends. Like mm. he usually says, like Chris Nolan watched it in theater. Yeah. Uh, David Lynch, don't watch it on oh your fucking phone. God. Don't that use scene selection. That goes too selection. far sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that goes too far sometimes. <laughs> but take it into consideration. Take it. Take that into consideration when you're watching the movie. I'd say. I mean, don't deny that reality. Like the director makes the movie for a theater. The director. Uh, the, I'd say like a, a, an instance of it going too far was um, Gemini Man, where you had to watch it like sixty <laughs> frames a second or whatever yeah. in like two yeah, theaters in the, of the United States. Like, yeah. you know, I watched it in IMAX. I did like the next best thing I could possibly do to like appease uh, Ang Lee. Yeah, like that's all I could do. You know. Um, but I feel like you should take that into consideration because it's like movies made for IMAX like Tenet that are fucking great in that environment. And then there's dramas that you could probably watch that in IMAX too. It'd be great. But, you know, there's a reason not every movie is released in IMAX. <laughs> it's just fucking, not suited uh, for that environment. <laughs> it, it, this also happens with uh, pretentious indie films. <laughs> fucking uh, Apichapong Rasitharol, uh, who made Uncle Boon Me. His newest film has Tilda Swinton in it. And an article mm-hmm. came out recently that 
for the rest of its release, it's never going to be on digital or Blu-ray or anything. It's never it's never having a home <laughs> release. Wow. And it's going to only play in theaters, but only in one city at a time forever. <laughs> So it's like, yeah. so it'll be like, oh, yeah, it's in that's, it's that's in just, Vancouver that, no, this far. week. That's stupidity. I know. And I had a ticket to see it <laughs> at, so at Vancouver Film Festival, but it was like at the same time, I'm like, I've seen two of your other movies and they were boring as shit. Like, I only want to see this because Tilda yeah, Swinton's in it. It's probably one of those. And then like, oh, it's, anyone of course to watch it's going to be boring. So he's like, like, yeah, but. Yeah, I had important things to do the next day, and I was like, I needed to go to bed early, and I had like a long day the next day. I'm like, I'm not playing your fucking game, a pitch-a-pong, okay? Yeah. yeah. So maybe I'll see it again if it comes back to Vancouver for like a week in 2024 or something. Or maybe someone will be a hero and fucking do it Redacted. for something. Actually, I'm not. I'm not saying do that. I, we're going to edit that part out. <laughs> That's too much. I went too far. <laughs> or... Maybe a copy will find its way onto the internet in the future, like Gaspar Noe's uh, fucking Lux Eterna, because there's no other way to yeah. watch it. Yeah, like that, like that. But I, I wish they would just release the movie. I was going to mention another one, Game of Thrones. The, like the last season, they they shot like an episode to be on IMAX. Like, so it's way too dark to like watch in television. And then director right. said like, you're supposed, it was made for like IMAX theaters and I don't know. It's a it's a television show yeah. that like ten million people <laughs> what are watch you making? live. Like the second it comes out, like, and it's way too dark for like most people to see on. A Wait, screen. is that why like, that watch it, it at so a bar? It was, yeah, the, it's like the third episode. It's like the White Walker. Yeah, you're supposed yeah, to yeah, watch it in like, theater, really you dumbass. Yeah, like, I'm watching <laughs> it like with my friends, like on a TV. We have the lights on because we're having snacks. You right? watching so it's, like, it all right. The reflection. There's all the reflection <laughs> on the television. Like you know, we can't see what the fuck is going on for most of the episode. That's so funny. Yeah, I'm watching it wrong, right? Television's different. There's a different standard. That's why there's television standards of lighting and um, HBO. I guess tries to. I think maybe the Sopranos or the earlier episodes of Game of Thrones kind of mimic the theater style a bit better with the lighting. Yeah. <laughs> definitely gets yeah, too yeah. dark like at the end. You're still making like a TV show, you know. They they definitely like I guess uh cross the line. Uh, yeah, with that one. Anyway, I think that movies any movie that I truly love, I could watch on my fucking telephone and still enjoy it. it does not, it's not dependent on having a big screen. Yeah, a good story is a good story. But there are films where I would still recommend it for an audiovisual experience. You know, all my favorite movies. Well, not even all my favorite movies, but something like, I don't know, Koyani Skatsi. Something that's like really viscerally uh, visual audio. You know, I would never say it's only good because of that, but you know it's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, i have a good home theater experience. setup i try to watch most movies that way and like with, Same. with good sound and yeah. just to get that experience it doesn't have to be a theater anymore necessarily uh yeah i could watch tenet at home and still really enjoy the action mm-hmm. all right i guess that's it for questions yeah we did it uh, we did it yeah. i guess it's my recommendation okay still not halloween yet so fuck it i I'm doing everyone in the world a favor by recommending one cut of the dead because you're yes. at, it is disgusting that you haven't seen it. And all I'm going to say is do not look up anything about it. All you need to know is that it is a low budget Japanese zombie film filmed all in one take and that you should keep watching past the end credits. And that's all of the information that you should have. One Cut of the Dead. What year was this? 
2017, it looks like. 2017. There we go. That's the recommendation, everybody. Thank you for listening. If you don't want to be spoiled for the recommendation, One Cut of the Dead, then watch it before next episode. These episodes come out every two weeks, but you can listen to them early as they're edited by going to sardonicast.com and signing up for premium or patreon.com slash sardonicast. We also got some merch. Christmas is coming up. You know you want to give someone a gift. Well, fuck. There's gifts right there. Do it. Why don't you? Thank you. Happy... (laughs) Happy M. Night Synecdoche. (laughs) Happy Shrek. Happy old. Uh, (laughs) Happy Shrek. (laughs) Don't go to the beach. It turns you old. We'll do. Watch out. It's pretty fun there. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.